welcome to the Council of Moms. We're excited that you're here. I'm excited to be associated with these women. I'm going to start off introducing myself and then let everyone introduce themselves. I'm Lisa Valentine Clark. I am a mom of five kids. Uh, most of them live outside of my home. I'm not a full empty nester yet, but I'm looking at that pathway. It's closer than I would like to think because you get so busy with a bunch of kids that you look up one day, sunrise, sunset. Um, And I love hosting the Lisa Show and the Council of Moms. And I love what I do. And I love making up uh, plays and musicals with my friends when I can do improv. So that's a little bit about me. I would love for you now to meet the rest of the council. Hi, I'm Brittany Phillips. I am a mom to four kids. They range from 15 down to four. Um, I became a mom through marriage, through adoption, and through biology. So (laughs) um, I actually love how motherhood came to me in lots of different ways. I struggled with infertility for years, and so now I'm kind of living my my personal dream. (laughs) Um, Currently, what I do for work is I help moms in blended families and help them kind of make that transition, how to bring their families together and find the connection and peace that they're looking for. So that's what I do. Great. I'm Allison Dayton, and I am a mom of three. I have my oldest is a daughter who just gave me a granddaughter, oh, which you're is so lucky. heaven. That gra- I think there's no beautiful, more beautiful human being than this little tiny, tiny baby, Georgia. <laughs> so Georgia. I love you. Um, <laughs> and I and I have two boys who are also fantastic. And uh, so three kids, they're pretty much all out of the house. I'm, um, I kind of love that. And it's a change because luckily I get to have them all come back often. Uh, and then during the day I work with, well, all the time I work with LGBTQ families in the LG, in the LDS church, families who have an LGBTQ member. And we do a lot of, I have a foundation called Lift and Love, and we just do a lot of work helping people feel comfortable both with their queer child and with uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is um, is kind of our focus. So, yeah. I'm Shari Lyon, and I'm a mom of three, and then I've added two in-law kids that I could have birthed myself and I wouldn't have loved them more. And <laughs> um, so all young adult kind of on their own kids, and um, I'm a contemporary artist, so hubby and I work in the studio all day, and life is good. I love it. Life is good. Life We've is all good. got different backgrounds mm-hmm. and perspectives. This is so great to come together on a topic. And here at the Council of Moms, we asked our listeners, what kind of questions do you have that you would like to really find out, you know, sort of a, a different perspective on? And this is why we've assembled today, which I love. Okay. We are. So I'm going to read the question. This is from Isabella in Beaufort, South Carolina. She said, there's been so much going on in the world, so much war and death and just horrible things. And while my kids are young enough to hear about some of it, I'm worried that they're not old enough to really understand what they're hearing. I want to help them become critical and smart news consumers who are aware of what's going on in the world. But I also don't want to burden them with the weight of the world when they're already so stressed about figuring out who they are and who they want to be. How does the Council of Moms go about talking to their kids about world events? Mm -hmm. This is a huge question, but I really feel like we can do it (laughs) (laughs) and handle it. And um, 
I, I mean, so where do you start? Oh, I'm, I'm going to jump in first because I have to say that I don't feel like I can handle all the things that are going on in the world as an adult. I don't think humans are meant to know everything going on everywhere all the time. <laughs> like my brain doesn't have the capacity for that. And so with as a mom of with young kids and with teenagers, I we're careful about what we talk about. And I don't know if that's the right way to go about doing it, but um, sometimes I choose not to to tell my kids about it. And sometimes we do have conversation. Um, and I'll, I, I just have to make the call in the moment, like what's feeling right. And, and I don't even know if that's the right way to handle it, but it's... No, I appreciate your honesty because I think I, most people would say, I, I do this, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Because the news cycle has changed, changed the way that the news is reported, the events in the world are constantly changing at such a fast pace. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone feels super confident, like, oh, you know, we should all be doing this. Well, and we've lost trust in a lot of the honesty of journalism. Like, it used to be that we felt like we could trust what we heard, but... Well, and some of us can't anymore, so now we have to, like, filter through that, too. We used to have, like, one or two authorities, Walter Cronkite gave the news. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. that's what we all went on was what he said for a long time. I think it was just him, especially when I was young. And now, and I grew, my kids grew up when they didn't have cell phones or the cell mm-hmm. phones were only game yeah. mm-hmm. playing right. devices. And now they have access to everything and the kids have access to everything. So I mean, I think if I were doing it again, I would I would go off what they ask me, like what they want to talk about yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. be Let really honest and kind of put it in, in place of like, this is what your dad and I think, or this is what I think. But there are a lot of different ways to look at it. So, And it's so yeah. hard because there's n- – I remember being in the sixth grade. This will totally date me. <laughs> um, with the um, – when the shuttle – Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Sally Ride. Totally. The teacher was in there. We were all watching, and they came in. We were watching in, it live. A and lot I was watching it live, totally, and yeah. I remember my teacher turning it off and leaving the room and getting upset. And I remember not really knowing yeah. Yeah. what had, had happened until I got home. Like, they right. didn't sit us down and explain it to us. That was a, a unifying experience, right? 9-11, the same thing. Yeah. I was a mother— I, my kids were way too young to remember what happened and what was going on and how, you know, we talked about it. And um, I think the same thing with school shootings, uh, yeah. like Columbine. I mean, we were all glued to the TV. We were all um, trying to process that in a in a weird way. And I, we don't do that now. No. And we can go into all so the reasons constant. why we don't do that now that are horrible and awful. But I do look at my kids and say, oh, they, th- my experience will not be their experience. Mm-hmm. And, and it has changed the way that, that I've parented, but I don't think that I have this one sort of figured out. I would like to talk to them about it more, but my kids are older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they probably are reading more about it than we are Yeah, oftentimes with my kids come to me and they, they're they the ones that tell me mm-hmm. kind of the uh, the news that's not like right, right yeah. on the top. Mm-hmm. They know. They're they more know, aware the older kids. Yeah, they are. They, they're used to growing up. So with let me all this ask info. you this then, because I think this is the ultimate goal of we want our kids to be, I mean, it's even in the question, in her question of like, I want them to be critical and smart news consumers. Like, I want them to know what's going on in the world. I mean, I, I don't think the answer is don't talk about world events mm, right. in your home. 
Um, so where, where do you, what, what is your sort of guiding principle of, of what you wish, what you hope um, that you are leaving your kids with? You know, in our family, because I do have all young adults, we have some really awesome conversations. And I think one thing that I love about what my kids have turned into is is really compassionate processors of information. And so um, there are no sides when we talk about issues. You know, it's it's I want to try to understand what this person's feeling because they're passionate and they feel like they're right. And I want to understand what this person's feeling and why they're passionate and think they're right. And I've learned a lot from my kids because of that, oh, you know, just great. learning how to like, we, we're tribal pe- people by nature and we want to be on a side, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so whenever something comes up, it's like, you know, oh, those guys are so, you know, it's like mm-hmm. my kids have taught me to just be like, you know, they're not any more wrong than the guys. Like they may not be doing what we agree with, mm-hmm. but everyone has their reasons. And so trying to just be compassionate and teach our kids to be compassionate as you're filtering through the facts. Yeah. That's a that's a great guiding principle. I mean, yeah. you know, a, a way to focus something that, yeah, it, that justifying can it, be just know, so yeah. large. And giving grace. Well, I have my boys are on the opposite end of almost any wow. conversation, <laughs> which is you. super fun. <laughs> yeah, that sounds and, really exciting. You know, so I can't be the mom that was sides <laughs> always with because one of them mm-hmm. I actually like. I tend to agree with not more, but I my leanings are that way too, and we work really hard on because um, they are educated. They are you know they're in their twenties. They have mm. a lot of information. And we work really hard to be like, okay, this and that. And I've had to learn it because I'm like, oh, no, no. I want you to listen mm-hmm. to me because I'm mm-hmm. the mom. And I see this wisely. Very, right. Very I have wisely. more experience than you do. <laughs> if you could just hear every, if you knew what yeah. I knew. Um, and that doesn't work. I know. No. It doesn't work. And it stops the conversation. They don't want to talk to you if you're always telling them what to think. Mm-hmm. Our kids think what they think. And and if you look over the long arc, they change, right? We all change. None of us yeah. think the way we did when we were We all were learn young. and we all grow. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so it's just kind of being relaxed in the, when you hear that that idea come up that's like, what are you talking <laughs> about? And, and that new, you know, and it's always political. It's always, it, it's always right in, in our face. I mean, there's conflict going on all the time and different sides of every, um, idea, of every opinion. So yeah. we spend a lot of time really like bending our knees and like, I have the- found myself like going back to I used to be a teacher, like a high school teacher. Of course. And I they can tell when my kids I'm not saying that this is the right thing to do. <laughs> by the way, disclaimer. I'm just saying this is what I do. <laughs> uh, but I switch into that teacher mode by asking them questions. Mm-hmm. Like by turning it back. Well, what do you think about that? Well, uh, who reported that? Where did you find that information? Mm-hmm. Where who are yeah, they funded yeah. by? Um, you know, what what is their perspective in this story? Or um, if it's like like a conflict, well then then you know how far back does this go? Right. Where where right. did this originate? And I sort of turn it up, you know, to get them. I'm trying to trick them into thinking critically, to study and, and and acknowledging bias and mm-hmm. things like that without saying you guys don't even know, you yeah. know, <laughs> which is what I want to say. But right. Um, and I don't know if that's the right thing. That's kind of what my parents did about you know. 
thinking critically. We would go through the newspaper, which is a printed out. <laughs> usually black and white. Usually black and white, and they would be delivered. Yeah, I was fingers. a paper person. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and go through, like, the headlines and talk about bias and yeah. talk mm-hmm. about how to think things critically. and Well, and I think digging down into the sources is sources. so important because Following sometimes money. stuff comes up and I'm like, what? And then you follow the source yeah. and it's not reputable. Right. But if you can follow the source, and there's great places like you can Google, like where news organizations fall on a spectrum mm-hmm. and, you know, going to the places in the middle to get mm-hmm. like the grounding space. And then, you know, you're going to have your opinions, but... And there's that really hard. education about media bias too, because we all have it, and yeah. and yeah. being able to see what a, a fallacy is and a straw man argument, and like all the different kind of you can break down different, uh, you know, when their kids are little, that's harder to do though. Right, so I'm, right. I, I wonder what your perspective is, is like what you even bring up to your kids about say war, yeah. <laughs> and the atrocities that may come across the screen when you're watching the news. Right. It. Well, for our family, I we don't actually have the news on <laughs> very often because there's just so much to take in. But but um, I do think when my kids make really extreme statements in any topic, I do try to kind of challenge that. Like, well, what about this perspective? Or let's look at this from a different way. And maybe like in as like a precursor to where you would lead it to as they get older, um, let's let's think about how somebody else might view this. So your friend said this and you totally disagree. Well, let's look at it from her point of view, mm-hmm. right? It's like even just what's happening in their neighborhood, not even global news. <laughs> I get a lot of drama brought home from <laughs> school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's, <how> true. <laughs> let's figure out what the real story could be. Here's what you were told, right? I mean, it really, it it's a similar thing, but on a very small, relatable level for the kids. Um, let's talk about mm-hmm. perspective and let's talk about um, seeing seeing things f- from a different viewpoint for through mm-hmm. different eyes because my viewpoint in my mind is always right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but I know logically that it's not it, that there's not a right or wrong. It's not black and white. There's there's always our circumstances and our experiences that play into our perspective. Sure, sure. Especially like, a, you know, politically. There are some things, though, that are just, I think, just pure evil right? Yeah. right out there right. of like, I mean, there's been a couple of moments where my kids will have asked a question. They were younger then. Mm-hmm. And it was like a school shooting or something yeah. that you just like, it, it, there's no other side to that yeah. right? other than that. This is horrible right. where my kids have asked, but why would he do that? Yeah. Or why would that? And you know those unanswerable questions. And I'm wondering how you, how you approach those just really heartbreaking moments when your kids have asked you to explain to them why the there's there are horrible things in the world and and it's sort of how you've responded and or maybe how you wish you would have responded. Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity to teach compassion. You know, because we want to vilify and hate people who do bad things. And it's still someone's child. It's still someone's neighbor, you know, and and we never know, like, what brought them to that point. And so it's a good place to not—to to learn to not automatically just be like, 
that person's horrible. Yeah, condemn you know? and move on. People yeah. do horrible things, but they're all products of their situation. And we right. can have compassion and be very sad for the situation still, yeah. but not just focus on that hate and anger and, you know. Yeah. There's a saying by uh, Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, who we Amazing. all love. Some of us maybe didn't grow up with him. <laughs> hey, I watched Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to start a fight here now. Okay. Settle down. <laughs> he, his mom would say in like in the case of a war or a shooting or something that just feels so scary because it comes home, right? Mm-hmm. It comes home to you. Um, she would say, look for the helpers. Mm-hmm. And so that would give her children a place to look. Like, look at the people that are helping. Look at all the good that's happening around the evil. Yeah. And I, I do think not to whitewash because we, our kids, you know, for whatever level they can learn, they, they have to learn mm-hmm. about how mm-hmm. hard things are. And especially for people that that we don't know yet, but um, but that idea of there are, when hard things come, there are helpers. There's yeah. goodness. There's light that flows into that experience, and look for the light. Yeah. So that's that it's so not overwhelming too. Yeah, that's true. Well, and it takes you out of a place of fear as a child, yeah. you know, because that's true. Because there's because, action that can make it better. Yeah, that's that's like our nonstop focus with my youngest is just trying to always point out all the people that are lovely in life, even mm-hmm. if you're the ones that aren't so lovely yeah. are the ones that you hear the most. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I think um, if you have a particularly sensitive child who responds so emotionally yeah. to that, which, you know, can, can happen. The, one thing that I feel like has been helpful is to say, well, what could we do to help? Like, what could, like, like instead of just saying, well, there's nothing we can do about anything. Is there somewhere we can donate? Is there somewhere you can volunteer? If you feel very passionately about this, maybe there's a reason. Maybe you could find something in that. Write a letter to your congressman. Right. Like, Like, teach them how to be Instead of just not, you know, Mm and doing anything you know, because that's do. such a helpless space. Yeah, like, I yeah. can't do anything about this. That's the. I mean, I think that's almost the worst feeling, is I'm helpless. Yeah, yeah. Right. Against this, or what whatever. can I do? Or, and it's so hard to see your kids come to that realization yeah. Yeah. of like, wait, this happens all the time. Or what can I do to? Yeah, yeah. I think that's really good to put that in motion. Yeah. Do you, um, in your experience, have you found like, uh, maybe on the flip side of that, like a kid who's just is in their own world and they get to be a certain age and you're like, you need to maybe take off your blinders and there's a whole big world out there. You it, have the you other experienced people? anything like that? Like where you've had to kind of like yeah. prod them a little bit to saying, let me tell you what's going on in the world, not yeah. just in our neighborhood. Yeah. Have you done that? I'm trying to think when my kids are younger and I don't, all three of them are on the autism spectrum. Okay. And so to an extent they were all a little bit clueless, <laughs> you know, just because yeah. their interaction with the world is different than than what mine was. Um, but but I think that's where, like, there were times where, I think that's where it came from learning both sides, is there were times that we had to explain why this was a conflict or why this was a problem. or And so it goes into that, like, probably more conversation than necessary for a lot of kids. <laughs> But I love that, though, because it's the kind of conversations that you have in your home. 
Yeah. Yeah. We have pretty deep conversations. She's so good, though. Yeah. Well, I think of, I wasn't smart enough to be on the debate team. But (laughs) I do know people that were on in the debate, uh, you know, that debated. And there's something about debating because you're given a topic Mm -hmm. that you have to defend. And there's something about that that I like, like flipping the the script for somebody and saying, well, you believe this, but how would you defend this belief? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That kind of, you know, I... Oftentimes, I wish I would have had that skill. Uh, and again, I think that's to, empowering to, to yeah. kids to be able to have that like yeah. critical thinking skill. Right, is very empowering. Well, and to research ideas that you don't like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and and have to choose a side on them that you maybe don't like. Like, what a great skill! Not that everyone has to do debate, but even if you did it at home, like, well, so what? What do you think brought somebody to this? And yeah. how can we look at them in a different way? Or how can we be compassionate to this person? Or can you see why they would have these beliefs? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Which it again expands like that place. I like that. It's just so like yes. intellectually yeah. rigorous to yeah. like way to sort of. You don't get to think about your uh-uh. own way all That's the time. That's not the game. Because right. we can, we, I can defend to the death yeah. and I yeah. will. We know why we're side. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's lean into that. Uh, <laughs> That's like a whole other topic. <laughs> I know, but relevant it, to this. Yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I think it, it the power of challenging our own thoughts, even as an adult, like, yeah. I'll be really honest, like, my eyes are opened all the time, almost every day, like, whoa, <laughs> that's a new perspective I've mm-hmm. never really thought about. And um, when I allow myself to challenge myself, uh, I see a lot of growth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the thing. That's what we want for our families. That's what we want for our kids. Yeah. Um, we're running out of time right now, but i just love to give you all each a last word on this subject of um, just with so much going on, how to help our kids become informed without really feeling that burden of the weight of the world on their shoulders. And yeah, what are your, what are your final thoughts? My, the thought that's coming to me right now is there are a lot of hard things happening in the world, but we can, there's also a lot of really great things and maybe we can teach our kids both. It doesn't have to yeah. be extreme, um, just one way or the other, that we can teach them to see the good things that are happening, but also acknowledging and accepting that there are hard things that happen too. Yeah. I really liked what you said, just talking to your kids about what can we do? Because I find in the in the parts of my life where I feel helpless, I get hopeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hopeless is no good. That is my kryptonite. So um, I, I, I'm kind of an action person. I always want to get in and make things different. And uh, but just that idea of like what we can raising kids to have that reaction first. Like what can we do mm-hmm. to help or to that might not even touch the people. But how if we can't touch the people, they're too far away. How can we help here? Yeah. And and I love that idea. Yeah. I'm keeping that one. <laughs> and I think um, I think purposefully creating a safe space in your home to have the hard conversations, to teach Mm -hmm. them how to debate the ideas, and to teach them how to be respectful and compassionate towards people who have different views and opinions. But that all has to be in the incubator at home for it to But honestly, what a great gift to give to the world. Well, yeah. Than to send out adults into the world who are compassionate and kind and loving and used to practicing compassion and empathy. Yeah. Yeah.